It just feels so surreal now. I feel like I can stand on my two feet and be like, yeah, I am doing this. This is me and this is my story. And I don't really have to answer to anybody. I can just show up and be who I am and be loved for that. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. I'm Jan. And I'm Erin. We're best friends, mother and daughter, rural entrepreneurs, and business partners of over two decades. Over 23 years ago, we jumped into the world of entrepreneurship in search of our big purpose. Three years ago, our hard work paid off when we launched an international print magazine, Trailblazer, and business membership. Through these, we have one mission, to empower rural women by helping them build successful businesses, all while cultivating the rural lifestyles they love. So through guest interviews and shows with just the two of us, we'll be chatting about topics like growth mindset, intuition, entrepreneurship, grit, resilience, and so much more. We're going to equip you with the know-how to navigate the sometimes murky waters of entrepreneurship. So whether you're rural, rural-hearted, or intrigued by the rural way of life, get ready to challenge yourself while learning from our experiences and other rural entrepreneurs as we explore the endless opportunities that lie ahead. Together, we can create something extraordinary. Welcome to the Trailblazer Podcast. Hello, dear listeners. So today we're talking with Elise Van Rimmel, and she was actually the cover girl of our fall 2023 issue number 12 of Trailblazer magazine. So Elise's company is called The Wild Stuff and Co. And so in today's episode, we're really diving in deep, deeper as a follow-up to her feature story from our fall issue. So first, here's a little bit about Elise. So Elise grew up in Cochrane, Alberta, which is a beautiful little town west of Calgary before you hit the amazing Rocky Mountains. And she later moved to Diamond Valley, which was formerly known as Turner Valley, big name change there in the area. And Elise has always had a connection to the natural world and just a real passion for the outdoors and being out in the wild. After being diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, a very chronic pain disorder of the bladder, Elise went looking for a way to help herself and took matters into her own hand, seeking out a, a holistic approach. And why we love talking to Elise is because we're going to uncover that that journey and that story of her finding the resources to heal herself. But then she she then turned that knowledge into a business. And I think that's not unlike many of you out there. And so she's got a really fascinating story and we're going to dive in deep and really get to the nitty gritty of how she came from who she was with this diagnosis to now an entrepreneur running a very successful online and bricks and mortar store and the challenges that she's facing and the amazing opportunities that she never could have expected. Yes. And so at least just a really wonderful example of how finding a personal solution for oneself can help grow and craft an amazing business that helps others. Elise, welcome to the Trailblazer podcast. <laughs> We're so excited to have you here. Yes. And for our listeners, Elise was actually our cover girl, but she, we did a feature on her in the fall 2023 Trailblazer magazine. Such an interesting gal. She actually lives in Alberta and in a part of Alberta that we love because it's very close to us. So for our yeah. listeners, Elise, tell us, who are you? What is your story? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Loaded question. Yeah. So my name's Elise and I grew up in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in southern Alberta. 
I've been in my area now about 22 plus years. That would be Diamond Valley, Alberta. Um, I've been a herbalist for the last six years and got into herbal medicine due to my own health conditions when Western medicine wasn't helping me. And along that journey, it's just opened my whole world and life work to work with nature and help connect people back to nature through plant medicine and traditional skills, bush bushcraft skills, that sort of thing. And I just recently opened up a shop down in Longview where I sell a lot of my offerings as well as other vendors and sell really good coffee too. So if you're ever in the area, you better come for a coffee. <laughs> We're actually planning on it. We're going <laughs> to yeah. drive down on the day that you're open and, and you can send yeah. us a, a cup of coffee. And we may or may not tell you we're coming. So yeah. it's hard to know. <laughs> Surprises are the best. I love when people surprise me. Elise, you went on then to build a business out of the health issues that you were dealing with. So Let's start there. Like what you were diagnosed with having this certain illness, which I'll let you explain. And then walk us through some of the steps or Decision. uh, decisions that you made. And what was your motivation? What was your intention? And how that's led you to where you are now? I know that's a big question, but yeah. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And Granted, like I never thought I would have this business. Like it actually wasn't really on the radar for me, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, I actually went to school for interior design and was going to be a designer. And I am not that at all. (laughs) A designer, yes, but in that industry, no. So yeah, I, I was diagnosed with a condition called interstitial cystitis, which is a chronic pain disease of the bladder and I had it all through my adolescence I was in a lot of pain for a lot of years doctors always told me I had bladder infections this and that and the other thing it wasn't until I went to a urologist and got some proper testing done that they were able to figure out what was happening and of course they have all the medications for you and things that you should take and things that should help and so on and so forth but in my experience none of those pharmaceuticals really helped me and I was still in a lot of pain. I went through a really deep, dark depression. When you're in pain every day, your quality of life goes down. You can't do anything. This was probably around 17, 18 years old. And kind of at that point, I said to myself, I need to do something different here. These things aren't working. That's when I got into more of my spirituality. I got into more holistic approaches. So diet, stress management, acupuncture, those sorts of things. And they were like nice band-aids and they were definitely helping me regulate myself so I could listen to my body better. Mm-hmm. And then I was out living in BC. I want to say I was living out of my truck and not because I was homeless, but because I just wanted to live in my truck <laughs> and started just playing around with plants and met a few people who were using plants for other reasons for themselves. And I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. And I started to do some research. And when I was researching for someone else, helping them, I found uh, a treatment for my actual condition. And it was a plant called goldenrod. I'm going to use the basic names for everyone. So uh, we don't need to get too technical. Goldenrod and that this plant is supposed to help with inflammation, things. It's a great treatment for Crohn's disease as well as interstitial cystitis. And I was like, 
Wait, this is so weird because like for the last couple of months, like this plant has been popping up everywhere or I've become more aware to it. And I'm like, why am I so attracted to this plant? This is so interesting. And it was that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like nature gives us everything that we need in whatever moment that we need it. And goldenrod grows everywhere. People mistake it for a nasty weed. They hate it. They think it gives them allergies. And it's just not the case. And so growing up for years, seeing goldenrod everywhere, I was like, whatever, it's just a plant. No, it was like trying to get my attention. Hey, let me help you. So I started working with goldenrod, started making teas, infusions, different concoctions on how to ingest this plant. And I started to notice a huge difference in my pain levels. And I probably drank goldenrod religiously for months and months. And so that was my first plant ally, along with yarrow, who was just such a pretty, pretty plant. I'm just in love with yarrow. Like, it's my first love. So those two plants really brought me into the plant world. They welcomed me. They nourished me. They healed me. And it was from then on, I just thought, oh, my gosh, if I can do this for myself, clearly other people can do this. Is this happening? Is this a thing? And then it was like, oh, yeah, this is a thing. This is herbalism. There's clinical herbalists, there's practical herbalists, there's folk herbalists, like the spectrum on how to practice and use plants is massive. And so I just really wanted to, I still just really want to learn as much as I can about everything that I can so I can help share that knowledge and get people excited about nature and help them make that connection back. Because it was such a spiritual thing to me, like it changed my life. Mm -hmm. And now I can't imagine my life without plant or like I don't even know what that looks like now like just being that connected and living with the cycles and the seasons and understanding the rhythms of the earth through plant medicine it just like it's healed me on more levels than just my bladder let's say that and so have you had like special mentors or teachers or how did the learning come to you like in what different forms yeah so I bought a lot of books (laughs) And I was self-taught for a long time, just literally like going out into the bush at uh, all seasons. So like picking one plant and studying it for the whole year from like spring all the way to fall to winter and then rebirth and trying to understand the cycle of that plant and using my books as resources and just taking my own notes or asking myself my own questions and then trying to figure it out. But then I started taking online courses through different schools, different herbal companies that are like half company, half school. And then when I moved back to Alberta, I met a lady named Julie Walker who actually lives in my town. And she's my biggest mentor and kindest friend. She's like what I want to be when I grow up. She's like a walking encyclopedia when it comes to plants. And she's got a really beautiful indigenous side to all the plants. So she knows like the scientific side. And then she brings the element of the indigenous history in. And I really love that because that's like where we are. And knowing that sort of knowledge and that connection is also really special. And now I just continue to either work with her or other herbalists. And now there's other herbalists that I connect with on Instagram and we share recipes or we share, hey, how did you do this? Or what results did you get from this? Or what would you do with this? Stuff like that. So it's really more of learning through community connection than anything. So 
we love your story because you're not unlike most entrepreneurs out there in that when we're first, a lot of times we're not intentionally starting a business, we're trying to solve a problem. And I think you're just a perfect example of, of needing a solution for yourself with that chronic pain. So how did you go from, okay, I've stepped into this incredible world of herbalism into, I want to start a business and open a bricks and mortar. Connect us to how that happened, because that's also interesting. You know, I was just having this conversation with my mom the other day, and we were talking about labels for products. And I said, mom, do you remember when I used to order labels from Vistaprint and I would order like six at a time? And now I'm ordering like full roll labels of like hundreds, thousands at a time. Like, how the heck did I get here? What is this? Yeah. So back to being in BC, like I was there for a while. I was doing a lot of my plant work there and a lot of my personal growth there. And then I ended up living in what was called an intentional sort of community living situation. And that was really great because I met a lot of people. Anyway, so I started making salves for myself or tinctures or whatever just to formulate things, trial and error. And then I would give them away to these people and be like, hey, try this. Let me know how it goes. And then they all came back like, oh, my God, Elise, this is so amazing. Like, how did you make this? Or what is this? Like, it healed this and then this. And I was like, oh, wow, this stuff really works. This is really incredible. And they're like, hey, can I like buy a tin for my mom? And I was like, well, you don't really have to buy it. But okay. And then so these like transactions started to happen. And then when I came back to Alberta, same thing, like I had been posting on Instagram and I had people in BC like ordering my stuff. And then I had friends in Alberta starting to order my stuff. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do this on the side for a little side hustle. And if it helps people in their day to day, like, why not? It's not hurting anything. Little few bucks in my pocket. I'm connecting people. I'm doing really great work. Like I'm enjoying the work. And then I think it just grew from that. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to do an online shop because I can't be getting these messages every day. Like it's too much for me and I don't want to manage it all. Mind you, I was working a full-time job at this point too. Okay. And then taking all these messages or whatever of, oh, can I buy this salve or this bomb or this tea? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I made an online shop. And then I upgraded the shop to a Shopify online shop. And that's when things really, I don't want to say took off for me, but definitely got more notice. It was a more clean website, easier to use. I then had people from overseas contact me. There was like the survivalist bushcraft magazine that wanted to do a review on my products. So I sent him a bunch of my products and then he wrote a big review and it was in their magazine in France, some bushcraft magazine out of France. And so when that came out, floods of people from like all over Europe were like shopping my store. And I thought, holy moly, what is this? But I knew that like I enjoyed doing that craft, but I knew that connecting with people and connecting with nature and doing more of a physical educational sense was where I wanted to gear it towards. I was like, okay, products are good, but it's not enough. I, I want people to really feel it. I want people to really like sink in. And then that's when I did launch my initiative called The Wild Stuff Goes Global. And that was to travel to different parts of the world, connect with other herbalists, traditional crafters, survivalists, that sort of thing, share knowledge, and then curate 
and facilitate workshops for people and kids of their communities. Um, and that was going to be a big thing. And it was a big thing. I went to Turkey. I was there for three months doing that. And then COVID hit. And so it squashed the whole global initiative. But it was a really good way for me to connect with people and help people connect to the land and learn. And then coming back out of COVID now, I feel like there's so many of us that are like coming out of the darkness being like, I want to learn or like I need connection or I need to feel the earth and I want to connect back to that. And there's lots of these little things popping up. I see it everywhere of like people honing this craft and then sharing the knowledge or more workshops are coming out of like traditional skills. And I'm just like so happy to see it because I feel like before COVID, it wasn't that big of a thing. Like we were just so on a different trajectory. That is so true, Elise. And we've noticed it too, being in community with so many women in business. It's an evolution of returning back to knowledge that we used to have, returning back to being connected to our neighbors, a a return to being connected to where our food comes from. So the absolute pro of all of that happened is there's a longing and people are searching and being proactive about their health and their food and their relationship to the land. So I completely, so you really launched at a, a pivotal time and even though your global initiative didn't happen, but look at, I look at where your roots are planted now and from where you are, uh, you can have a global effect through your relations and how you're connected to your customers and the community. So how are you managing to still, and are you still making your salves and tinctures and teas? And yet, so now you've got this bricks and mortar place too, which is the, the plate is probably pretty full. Yeah. So describe so, a day in the life or, or even a week, a week in the, in a, because yeah, that's my question too. Yeah. How do you, how are you now doing it all? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just doing, I'm at that point where it's, you don't really know how it's going to go and you just, you're doing it. And it's a constant trial and error for me right now. The business is growing in like different ways and people are seeing it. People are now coming and they're getting a physical experience of the wild stuff which is so important to me. And I take a lot of pride in how the store feels when you walk through those doors and how welcoming it is and how homey it is. Like, I can't say enough how many times people have just said, wow, it feels like home here. I just love it here. And I've got a lot of clients that are like coming out from the city who know me from online and they just want to come see the shop. And then I have random people just off the highway because they see my coffee side and they just come in and they're just like, whoa, what did I just step into? Because it's definitely got like an old timey sort of pioneer feel. And I'm a little bit of a traditionalist that way, I guess. And it's just been so full on. And I wear all of the hats. I had a friend working for me like one day a week through the summer, but now it's just back to me and I'm managing everything. I'm still foraging whenever I can. I do my infusions right now. Like I'm trying to prepare for Christmas. So getting all my like late summer, early fall foraging done, starting all my infusions to have those medicines ready by November, December for Christmas, as well as just stocking the shelves with other vendors, yeah, putting in orders, crafting. And the amount of crafting I do now is just in a good sense. I can't keep things on the shelf, but then I'm just like, okay, I really need to step up the game here. Like, how can I still make a lot and be sustainable? Because 
I feel like I'm crafting every single week, whether it's a salve or my body oils or teas. The teas just fly off the shelf. Yeah. So that's one of the challenges of success, right? Is that you're heading into leveling up stage. And that's not always easy because I know with Aaron and I too, you start something, it's near and dear to your heart. And then suddenly you have to start inviting other people in to help you. And I use that word very consciously, inviting, inviting other people <laughs> yeah. in to help. We, Letting go. <laughs> we have three other people on our team now, which is amazing yeah. to us. Two of them are really recent. So um, I, I hear that coming for you and I'm wondering how that will be maybe to let go of some of the things that you've solely done yourself as an entrepreneur because we're used to be the, we're used to handling it all making all the decisions we know that or we think that we do everything the best and so I'm wondering if your mind is starting to open up to hmm I wonder who I could bring in here because is it just you are you doing all the things like everything you don't yeah. have any help it's just me. I mean, my mom comes on Tuesday nights and she like mops my floors and takes my garbage out. Oh, and she bakes our banana bread. She's really lovely. But I am literally doing it all. And I think about bringing somebody on and it terrifies me. Uh, but I also think it's a really good lesson for me personally on learning to let go and that like I don't need to be in control of everything because we're actually not in control of anything. But I feel like if I could have the help where I could have somebody running the front end of the shop. So doing the coffee, interacting the most with customers so I can be in the back and I can be crafting as much as I need to craft or formulating or packing orders or doing the back end business stuff, I think would be really helpful because I love my customers and I love interacting with people. But when you're doing that from eight o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the evening every single day, and then you're trying to be creative or you're trying to like let these rituals flow through you. Sometimes there's blockages there because you just don't have the capacity. You're just like numbed out. And so it's really important for me to make sure that I have the capacity to have my rituals in place to craft the products that I craft. Because if the intention isn't there, then it doesn't matter to me. Like you might as well just throw it away. Like it needs to have that intention behind it. And if I'm just like struggling and, you know, it's becoming a chore or something, then I know something's really off balance and something has to give. So I feel like I'm just coming up into that point and I'm super aware of it. And I feel like maybe around Christmas time, I might bring somebody in for a month or two just to handle that with me a little bit. But then on that flip side, it, it's the, the finances, right? And being able to afford to pay somebody. And that's just the reality. There's no shame in that. Everything costs money and people are worth that. And it's just really hard. Yeah, I totally get that transition because there's a leap of faith in there. And I, I will just say from our perspective, when the intention is really set and one is ready to embrace outside hands and stuff. The sales pick up, and you probably know this, having clear intention sets many things into motion. And when we first hired our first VA, we thought, oh, it's too expensive to have a VA. And we really found out that it's not. But, but I, I think your business journey is so relatable in the fact that when we first have the idea of a business, 
we actually have no idea what it feels like fast forward when you're having to run all the things because we get we're impassioned by the idea or what the purpose is. And then all of a sudden we wake up and we're the accountant and the marketer and the bricks and mortar and we're the cleaner and we're all these things. So what for you has surprised you the most or what has been the most challenging that you were surprised about, about now running this full-fledged business with all of its aspects? Hey guys, Jan and Aaron here. We want to take a second to tell you about Trailblazer, you know, the magazine that inspires the very guests we have on the show. So Trailblazer is a quarterly keepsake magazine that celebrates and connects you to the lifestyles and entrepreneurial dreams of resilient, gutsy, rural women across North America. From ranchers, makers, homesteaders, women in egg and beyond, it really is the perfect companion for those seeking a tangible connection to the rural way of life through the eyes and hearts of rural women. So we believe rural is a mindset. It's a way of living and how we connect to the land, the animals, and the people around us. And our Keepsake magazine is perfect for those wanting to connect to the way of rural through compelling storytelling, immersive design, and the heartfelt writing of rural women who live on the prairies, in the mountains, by the sea, and beyond. Each issue showcases the beauty and the challenges of navigating rural life with a growing business, feature stories, nourishing recipes, valuable life skills, mindset and development tips, plus unique and refreshing perspectives to bring the heart of rural into your home and life. You guys, it's really one of the most beautiful magazines you'll ever get your hands on. And we would love for you to find out more at www.trailblazerco.com and explore the stories that await you beyond the city limits. I think just wearing all the hats, like, it's interesting to me, like, I, I never doubted that in myself and not to say that I doubt that now. I said before, I have a ton of experience in retail and management and marketing, and I have all these skills, like I know how to do them all. But when you're doing them every single day, one on top of the other, like you are only one person at the end of the day. I'm six months in now. We just celebrated like our six months in the brick and mortar and it's just flown by. It's just gone so fast. And I think that's because I've just been so busy. And yeah, it's really surprised me how much. I don't want to say that it's taken from me, but the capacities that I have, I don't have as much capacity for everything anymore. And I'm usually a person that gives like 110 or 120 percent in everything that I do. And learning now, you actually can't do that. You can't give 110 percent of yourself to 10 different things. You will work yourself to death or to sickness. Yeah. Or lose your creativity. A hundred percent. And I think that's where it really started punching us in the gut is that we noticed that our energized, because we do a lot of creative ideas come and flow, but when you're maxed out, it just doesn't even have a chance to surface because mm-hmm. you're tired. Yeah. There's no capacity there. It just doesn't exist. And that's something that I'm becoming really aware of. Because I even asked myself, I'm like, man, usually I'm like really on to this already or I'm really doing this and I'm just not feeling it this year. Oh, that's because I'm tapped out here and here. And so like understanding and trying to find a balance for myself that like, okay, this only gets 10% of me today and this only gets 20% of me and trying to set those boundaries for myself 
and staying true to them and not having shame in that, trying to give yourself some grace and space. Because I think in society, and especially capitalism, is just like you work hard and then you play hard. And it's like that ideology is so backwards to me. Like you can have a balance of all of it in once. And I think that's what brings healthy vitality. And that's what brings creativity and happiness is having that balance. And I just, I can't, like, I won't work that way. And I think you're ahead of the game in that your daily rituals or weekly rituals to take care of yourself and to guard your your creativity, you've got those in place. I think as humbling as it is to say, oh, I I can't do everything anymore, but that's empowering as well. So I want to just talk about the magazine for a minute because with us, we wait until we've seen all the photos for all of the articles of an issue and we go through them and we wait for that gut punch of, oh my God, this is the cover shot. (laughs) And so when we came across your photos, we at the exact same time oh my god this is the one and so we do up our mock-up and one of our favorite things about doing the whole magazine and all the aspects is on instagram messenger when we reach out to who we know is going to be on the feature and we're like (laughs) hey how's it going how's your day going and and usually the other women are like good good they're like hey we just want to show you something and then we send through the image of you on the cover what did that feel like? <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to get a little bit emotional. But it was, there was so many layers of emotion to that message. A, first of all, I was like, holy crap, I'm on a magazine. Like, so exciting. But then everything that sort of illustrates for me or communicates for me is like truly being seen. And I've had a really hard struggle in my area in certain communities where I never felt seen for what I was trying to do and how I was trying to give or show up for my community and practice what I was practicing. It was getting really misconstrued and not always supported in a positive way. Of course, there was positive out there, but there was a lot of negative on my journey and Seeing that and having this opportunity to share my story really helped validate me in what I was doing. I validate myself a lot, but having the support of your peers, of your community, of your friends, of family, outsiders, like it's huge. It's super impactful. And so seeing that, my mom lost it. She started crying like instantly. And it just feels so surreal now. I feel like I can stand on my two feet and be like, yeah, I am doing this. This is me and this is my story. And I don't really have to answer to anybody. I can just show up and be who I am and be loved for that, which is what that totally represented for me. It's just one of the cool things that is so fulfilling for Aaron and I, too, that kind of response is, I'm not going to say typical because with every woman that we've connected with, it's different. But so often we as women are used to not being seen and not being heard or having to push so hard to get that awareness out there. And we just find that this is just a really lovely, cool way to provide a platform for somebody to own and claim their space in the world or help cement that for them. And that's what I was hearing a bit from you too, is overcoming some of the, maybe the misunderstanding or the negative or lack of awareness. Because I think, Elise, 
the way you're going about doing it, I go back to how your face and stance on the cover, there was so much depth in in that photograph that Aaron and I saw immediately. And that in itself presented a message. And that's one of the things that was so cool about your photographs. Uh, like your fellow who took the photos, like amazing. We just want women to be seen and heard and acknowledged because as we talked about at the very beginning of the show, COVID has left some imprints on us. And one of those imprints is regrouping, revitalizing ourselves, but also you said there's a revolution going on of wanting to be grounded again. And I think that's one of the really cool things that your business is doing is it's providing that even for strangers to come off the highway because Longview for people who've never been there and most people listening everywhere, Longview, in my estimation, is God's country. I know there's lots of places in the world we that we can that, yeah. but when you come over that hill, and I remember, I don't know how many years ago, and that vista opens up in front of you with the mountains on your right and the the prairie and the rolling foothills, like it literally takes your breath away. So I think one of the things that's really cool is your business is is sitting there in that magical place. And I just think that it could be just this beacon that just gets mm-hmm. brighter and brighter for people. First of all, to get out of the city and come and just come in and have a coffee and shop, but to feel your presence. And Elise, you're also testament to the power of just simply being acknowledged and seen and celebrated. And I think for us through this podcast and our magazine, why we're so incredibly grateful to do what we do, because I feel like no matter how big the numbers are, it doesn't matter to us at the end of the day. I feel like we're able to just give the gift of acknowledgement because I always picture and I feel this in my heart. All these rural women, all their little pockets, whether they're on the prairies or in the mountains or in the forest, doing the important work. And sometimes all we need is one person to acknowledge us, for us to feel empowered and validated and just to feel like we matter. And so our way of saying to all of them, I wish we could fit everyone in the magazine, but it's to say you do matter. What you're doing is important. And when we come, it's I feel like we're bringing thousands of rural women right behind us and beside us, bringing them to you to support you. And mm-hmm. I, that's how I want every woman who is in our magazine to feel, because that's what it is. There's just this energy of support and acknowledgement. So just thank you for sharing that part, because that is why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And we're so lucky. Like the work that you guys are doing is so beautiful. Like it's something to be so proud of. And yeah, like it, I just remember seeing Trailblazer, you know, a while ago, way before I met you guys. And I just thought, wow, <laughs> this is incredible. What is this? This is just so fantastic. And just outlining these women. And yeah, because us women out in the bush or whatever, like we aren't seen and we work so hard. And sometimes when you're in that, you lose sight of things too. And We can validate ourselves all day long, but we're only human and we all have our own insecurities and shadow sides and stories that we tell ourselves. And so having that outside representation, having that outside validation, of course, it's empowering. Of course, it's going to bring positivity to us. 
And that's really important. Like we need those pushes. We need that support. So we keep going and we keep striving and doing the work. One of the favorite things we hear from women is that being in the magazine is on their bucket list. And that's just always a cool thing. And my gosh, just like Aaron said, I wish we could, I wish we could have everyone in. And so it was just really cool to be able to connect with you because what you're doing is so neat. Like you're doing it with the modern woman spin on it, bringing years and years of tradition and knowledge to a focal point. And so that educational piece is going to live long beyond you as well. Those kinds of things are not lost on us because I think we're just in a time now where society is searching for the things that rural women are giving. And that's pretty cool to us. Yeah. So what, here's a question for you. What advice would you have given to your younger self? Oh, there's a lot of conversations I could have with her. I think to be patient and kinder to oneself is really important to have patience that things don't happen overnight and to allow yourself to be inspired. I know I've said that a lot, but ideas come from ideas come from ideas. It's like a ripple effect. And so if you're not inspired by anything, you're not creating. And if you're not creating, you're not putting anything out into the world for other people to enjoy or love or share. And it all comes from inspiration. And it doesn't matter what that inspiration is, whether it's a sunset or somebody said something to you, or it's a song, or it's a product that you picked up that made you think of something like, just allow yourself the room and space to be inspired by whatever it is because that's where your creativity is going to come from and then you're going to create and just put all sorts of beauty into the world and that's just what we need so much as more people creating and putting themselves out there and being able to experience everyone and everything yeah so true I'm just going to circle back in our second podcast we did an interview with Sarah Bonenkamp and we talked about how the grind and the hustle is not women's way of doing things. And I know when we launch businesses, yeah, we got to work hard, but that mentality of grind and hustle, whereas women do turn more to their creative side, their receptive side, and they have a different way of doing things. And I just see that as part of what your business is. Like you really represent that in such a cool way and just even based on what you just said about inspirations. How can people get in touch with you and get in contact with you? Come down to Longview, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but I'm pretty active on all my social media platforms. So if you ever want to get in touch with me or have a coffee, you can reach out to me on Instagram. And I'm usually pretty receptive and I answer right away. And of course, I have my online shop and there's email and you can get a hold of me and on all of those platforms as well. I'm pretty accessible. And what is your website and your Instagram handle? So my Instagram handle is the underscore wild underscore stuff underscore co. It's a long one. And website is the dash wild dash stuff dot com. Perfect. Okay. And it's a gorgeous site, by the yeah. way. So any last parting words you would want to offer to, there could be a woman sitting up in Alaska listening to you right now or 
down in Texas who uh, wants to walk away with just uh, a piece of Elisa's advice. What would you say to her? Be inspired and have grace. Make room for those two things in your life because life can get so busy. And so just sip your tea and look out your window and allow something to inspire you because something just might happen. Something magical. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> Aww, thank you so much. And I know just wait one one day soon, we're going to be walking through your door waiting for that awesome cup of coffee. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to lose it. And a piece of mom's banana bread. Yeah. I think that yeah. would be yeah, you better. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much, Elise. It's been our pleasure. You did it. You just finished another episode of the Trailblazer podcast. We love bringing you real life stories and know-how from rural women. Head over to our website, www.trailblazerco.com for today's show notes with all the links and special offers from today's sponsors. Want to help us grow? Tag us and screenshot this episode or share your takeaways in the comments over on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to see you over there. So this is Jan and Erin signing off. See, see you, you next time, Trailblazers. Trailblazers.